Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. Hello. We're here for our weekly live Q&A on the topic tonight of stress language, love language, repair language, mm-hmm. how we communicate with our kids, how they communicate with us, how we get lost in communication very often, mm-hmm. uh, and how we can work to just notice and approach it a little bit differently when we can. Those of you watching right now on Instagram, <clears throat> either live or later in the replay, might notice that we're not in our office. We needed some fresh air. We went on a power walk and we were just really venti and just kind of angsty. And we just couldn't go back in the house. So we're outside. Not sure how much it's damaging our quality of connection (laughs) or audio, but we're here. Can you hear us? We're grateful. Can you all hear us okay? Um, Happy to be here. Trying to continue showing up every week to talk about the hard stuff and why it's the good stuff. To be practicing powers beyond control with our kids in those hard moments where we just want to control the shit out of them. Those big feelings and challenging behaviors that push us over the edge, Mm -hmm. that invite us, that challenge us to be developing a little more patience, a little more empathy, a little bit more consent-based, shame-free tools for interacting, for teaching, for just getting through the day. When we can. For sanity and social change, when possible. When possible. When possible. That's the caveat. Think so much about this too, and thinking about, I mean, let's talk about the challenges. Mm-hmm. Came up in our collective, our membership community this week in our um, large group coaching call, the idea of how we communicate with our kids and how they communicate with us. And I think it started with a, um, a topic that comes up pretty much every group call mm-hmm. is that we forget that the way our kids show up, the behaviors, the big feelings, all of those things, we forget that very often. I mean, always their communication. And very often that communication is saying stress, help, Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And I think our minds, you know, we fear spiral, we take it personally and center ourselves. Mm -hmm. We get stressed out or pushed over the edge. Mm -hmm. And I think so much about this is saying, can we reinterpret the stress and the the struggle underneath our kids' behaviors? Because Mm -hmm. when we can get a little bit clearer about those, Mm -hmm. gosh, some magic can really happen. Our kids can learn more about their needs and Mm -hmm. they can communicate them and meet them a lot more easily than just exploding (laughs) or doing that weird thing that they do that drives us crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can also learn so that we can support them over time as well. And then we also learn about our own stress languages in those ways. Oh gosh, yeah. I think it's easy to start with love language. Most people are like, I have a pretty good read on what my own love language is. I have a pretty good read on my partners, on my kids. A few people sent in some of their their kids or their love languages. Quality Mm -hmm. time snuggles, another quality time, making everyone sleep, 
Kid <laughs> reading together, mine, special outings, hugging, running into the other room. Oh, that's oh, and hiding one. behind a plant. That was a stress language. <laughs> um, saying thank you for very mundane, everyday things that we do for him. That's him saying, in that little repetitive thank you. I think that's such a sweet one. Mm -hmm. um, Super sweet. What are uh, sweet words of appreciation? Someone said, hugging, wrestling, always mm -hmm. wrestling. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I love those hugs. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of our kids' love languages? I think yours come out more in what you would kind of assume is a love language, like love you mama, hugs, loving gestures. Let's cuddle, let's bids, read. Bids for reading or connection time. Mm -hmm. um, same goes with some of some of my kids' uh, love languages. Though my son, a lot of his love language is about poking, trying to get a little Playful bit of connection, stuff. playfulness, winky winkness, trying to clobber me, jump on me, a lot of things that feel like obnoxious behavior sometimes where I'm like, he's trying to connect, I'm trying to rewire that. Attention-seeking behavior equals connection-seeking behavior. And that sort of segues us in some ways into stress behaviors, which often are also seeking connection, nervous system integration, information, balance, agency. What are our kids needing when they do this crazy stuff that drives us over the edge, mm -hmm. jumping on the couch? poking us, simmery behaviors, saying mean words to their siblings, um, breaking stuff, destroying things, mm -hmm. running away, ignoring us. Mm -hmm. These are all stress behaviors. Saying no. All and I love things. that we all think we've been conditioned to think behaviors, negative behaviors. Mm -hmm. Can we just remove the negative and add the word stress mm -hmm. in front of it? And I feel like that gives us this kind of like, whew, okay, I have stress behaviors. Okay, that helps me kind of give the benefit of the doubt in some ways to my kid so I can look at these behaviors as stress in the body, well, stress in the emotions. Right, and when we think of our kids' behaviors less as a negative thing, which we would seek to control and change and fix, and more as just a neutral thing, as stress, we wanna then support the stress, we wanna connect mm -hmm. to the stress, we wanna understand the stress and meet the need underneath. And so believing, the belief we have about what we see from our kids mm -hmm. leads to our approach and how we show up. And then that leads to how they learn to believe about themselves and other mm -hmm. people and how they learn to show up for themselves and others. I think it's that's kind true. Of this, you like, make it kind of yeah. easy sounding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy sounding because here's one little caveat. <clears throat> stress is contagious. Mm. So when our kids are stressed out and they're doing these quote unquote stress behaviors, sometimes gets on us mm -hmm. it gets in us it elevates our own stress and that's why often we show up with the control toolbox mm -hmm. to shut it, that shit down consequences on my terms now threats rewards right. overpower lecture shame blame spanking timeouts all those things because we just want the, their stress behavior to stop so our stress will will stop mm -hmm. right so i love hannah that you point out when we can when we can see our kids behaviors that challenge us that feel negative as stress in their body and in their spirit, hopefully that can give us the awareness to be able to lean in in a little bit of a different way, pushing that control toolbox aside to work on our connection, that connection-based toolbox instead, right? Right, behavior, our kids' behaviors, big feelings, right? They're normal, natural, necessary. When we believe that they are, when we accept that they're there for a mm -hmm. reason and they're helpful information, that's when we can get, we can feel a little calmer in our own bodies in those moments mm -hmm. and we can seek to support them. And that's something we talk about in our Calm Bodies Guide, which is available in our shop, is identifying, is my kid hyposensitive? And that's why their behaviors are like, so like bang into things, slam, want that get impact. Get their hands and feet into touch gross all the stuff. Things. 
Is my child a little hypersensitive also or instead where they're like, they can't handle the noises. They can't handle the bright lights. They can't handle the fast transitions, mm-hmm. right? Or are they maybe sensory seeking, right? Where they're wanting to touch and to slam and to bang, mm-hmm. right? Kind of a hyposensitive way, but a little different. What's their, their sensory profile and mm-hmm. kind of like what's our sensory profile? Because mm-hmm. that's going to determine uh, in a huge way our stress language, mm-hmm. right? My stress language when I'm like, just, it's been a long day, little stressors piling up throughout the whole time. I start going like this. What's this? Why is this on the counter? And this too. Who left this there? Who left this there? I heard that it was, this was going to be cleaned up. Why is this still here? And I start <laughs> nitpicking about all the little things being like, and this, this too. And my family has started recognizing when I do that, it's because I'm stressed. Right. Right. You're not <clears throat> bad person. You're not mean. You're not terrible. Right. It's not about them. When it's I about start you. nitpicking my partner and being like, cause you're just over there. Cause you're so busy. Cause you're just doing these things. He now knows that's me saying, I miss you. I I love you. I need you. I'm stressed. I need a little support here. Right. I think so much of this conversation is about looking beneath the words, the behaviors, the gestures, or looking at them for clues, at least Mm -hmm. to be able to bring those into conversation or connection with all of us about it. My stress language when I'm with my kids is usually yelling, screaming to shut up because Mm -hmm. I'm very sound sensitive. So when my kids are stressed out, and exhibiting quote unquote stress behaviors, my threshold for noise is very low. And that's when I usually wig out and say, shut up everybody or scream or say, go to the other room or any of those things. What about you, Han? Mm-hmm. Mm. Gosh, it's probably kind of similar to me. Pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's pretty similar. And I tend to want to just flee. So my mm-hmm. nervous system tells me, get out of there. Everyone type in, what's your stress get behavior? Out. Just when you've been through a long day or when your kids are pushing your buttons mm-hmm. and you're, they're struggling. So you're struggling. Or maybe if you're thinking about and identifying what your kid's stress behavior mm-hmm. is, feel free to put that in there as well. But I think that, gosh, when we think about our nervous systems and the sympathetic response that happens when we're, we're maxed, right? Our capacity is hit. Mm-hmm. We can't meet the demands of our environment or other people in our world right? We fight, flight, freeze. We essentially freak out in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. And so that's why our kids run. That's why they stay frozen and ignore and they're stuck. Mm -hmm. That's why they fight and bite, right? And do all of these different things. And that can be a a total varied kind of like spectrum of like simmering those types of things to like full massive overwhelm. And it can change like by the week and month based on their development. But I think that that's the the lens we put on it where it's like, my kid's in a phase of doing this. And you're like, oh, so when they're experiencing stress, they tend to respond this way. Mm -hmm. So keep remembering stress. I think that's a huge thing here. And the work we do in in the collective is helping folks figure out how to actually support that stress. Once we actually identify it, we're not just like, oh, good, okay, now that I know it's stress. Oh, it's just stress, no big deal. Life is good, everything's fine. I think identifying a behavior as a stress behavior is the first step. And then the work we do with folks in the collective and on the group coaching calls is to say, let's let's expand that timeline of that Mm -hmm. stress behavior. The stress behavior is usually right in the middle. We see it as the problem. But then we say, what if we go back a little bit? What, Mm -hmm. What kind of things contributed to that stress? And if we know what contributed to our kids' stress or our own stress, then we can start finding ways to get their needs met earlier so they don't have that stress behavior that drives us so wild, right? Mm -hmm. And then we also talk about the after that timeline. Mm -hmm. So after a stress behavior happens with our kids in saying, how can we recreate security, build some awareness, Mm -hmm. build some connection between us and plan for next time? And that's what we call the circle back, Mm -hmm. right? Working the beginning, we call the circle up, dealing with shit in the moment, the circle in 
and the circle back is at the end. And that brings up the topic of repair language. I don't know if we're ready to move on to that. Know, let's see what a few people have but, written in. So Molly says, my stress behavior is I get very busy and very yelly. Yeah, so you move fast. Oh, I get that. So you get kind of quick, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sarah says, intense need to my ears uh, when the noise and requests become overwhelming. Used to fling my hands up in the air and say, I can't do this. You'd cover your ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. September says, yell, cancel all a screen time for eternity. Freak <laughs> out about possible messes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah messes are a really big trigger for both of us. Mm -hmm. And not just walking in and seeing a mess. That's hard. But seeing the mess happen. Or, I think or even the potential almost, for a mess happening. Like, yeah. that's hard enough. Yeah, absolutely. But I love thinking about, Han, you bring this up so often. Before we get into kind of the repair language element of this conversation, just remembering, if we can all just take a second and think about and dwell on the fact that we are all bundles of nerves. Our kids are, we are, our partners are. We're all just big bundles of nerves, everyone. <sighs> Seriously. Everything we say, everything we do, all the crazy stuff is to try to feel safe in our bodies. Right. It's to try to establish balance in <clears throat> this thing with all of the elements of the world just yeah just you know, like compounded we, at once just like we <clears throat> are trying to hold compassion and grace for ourselves because we don't intend to snap at our kids scream at our kids physically you know like touch our kids <clears throat> a little more aggressively mm -hmm. do any of those things shame them they don't mean to be doing any of their stress behaviors either. Mm -hmm. We have to keep trusting in the bond between parent and child that mm -hmm. both of us have the best of intentions to maintain attachment. And that when we go against that attachment and, you know, get going with the, the, the wild behaviors and big feelings mm -hmm. that it is literally just a stress response. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with who we are or how close we are. Mm -hmm. Right. We can just set that aside and be like, stress, it's just stress. Yeah. Let's go easy on each other. People, and ourselves. Wrote, people wrote in two with their and their kids stress, uh, languages. So one <laughs> person wrote in and said negative self-talk for myself. So when, when she's really stressed mm. out, she just goes real hard on herself. All those mantras turn kind of nasty. Someone else says, um, for kid impatience, mine also negative self-talk. Someone mm -hmm. else said their kid hits. Someone else said their kid shuts down. Someone said biting or pinching. Someone mm -hmm. said ripping up cards and love notes from me or dad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's what my kids go straight to ripping up whatever they're holding, mm -hmm. regardless of what it is. Actually, my husband said today that both of them had different storm out moments during lunch and each of them demolished something that was in the hallway on their way out. Different thing, which is unfortunate. Um, stress language. Stress language. Um, someone said kicking anything in her way, screaming in her pillow. Someone said, me griping and talking to myself in a passive-aggressive way for others to hear. Mm. Oh, I do that too, where I'm like, I guess I'll just have to do everything then, everyone. <laughs> Our kids are coming. Um, someone else said, hitting, biting, screaming. More stress languages. Other kid, weeping. Uh, fury, yelling, uh, retracting from physical touch is a stress mm. language. Growling like a hungry bear. Head banging. Biting strong yeah. language for my seven-year-old during any stress. All of the everything. The reason we're listing all of these things is because we want to normalize them. We don't mm -hmm. want to scare you. Oh my God, my kid hasn't started head banging yet. Or oh my God, my kid's not growling yet. Or oh my gosh, what does this mean if my kid is doing one of these stress mm -hmm. behaviors? What we're trying to say is this is so normal. Mm -hmm. This is so natural. This is so necessary for kids to feel like they can express their stress the best way they know how in our homes. 
Most of the time, our kids don't express stress in other places the same way they do at home, and that's a really good sign that they're able to self-regulate other places. Yeah, but that makes our heads spinning, being like, they, <laughs> yeah. they can hold it together at grandma's or at school, and they come home, they treat me like crap. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with that? That's where we talk about being, you know... Chosen lu- and lucky. Chosen and lucky. Right? That's right. how we all are in our families, right? Gosh, I take it out so much harder on you and my husband than I do any other person so much nicer. I can hold it together. I can function. I can comport myself. But you know that we love you and want to support you. So you will show stress language is essentially showing vulnerability and That's showing is. trust. Yeah. It's saying, I know you love me anyway. I know no matter what you, you're keeping me. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm going to let this stress out of my body because I cannot hold it in anymore. Yeah. And I love that we're talking to about trying to accept that stress in the moment, trying to look beneath that, to look at our kids and say, it seems like you're a little stressed. Or we give our partner a look like they're stressed out. What can we do? How can we, in these moments, not to dive into our control toolbox, but lessen demands? Mm-hmm. How can we de-escalate? How can we calm everyone down mm-hmm. first by calming ourselves down? Someone said, my five-year-old started replying, I don't care, or I hate you, in a song, sing-songy voice oh. whenever she is uncomfortable. Sure. I hate you. I hate you. Sure. And so that's that simmering little, you know, flag that mm-hmm. you're like, okay, stress starting. Stress. Mm-hmm. So my kids notice that when I start getting stressed, I'll start uh, breathing like more. huffing and puffing. Because I'm, I'm huffing and puffing and I'm trying to get more air because I tend to get really tight-chested when I start um, getting dysregulated. And so they've noticed my stress language. They'll be like, how's it going, mom? Or they'll be like, I'm sorry about that or whatever. And I'm like, you're noticing I'm stressed. And then that's an opportunity to start talking. Oh my gosh, right? Anna, <laughs> you bring up such an amazing topic. So I saw this reel recently. Stay with me, everyone. Where <clears throat> this, per- this person was basically saying, when you're feeling a lot of stress in your body, here are five things you can do. This is like adult uh, recommendation. Stomp your feet. And it's like, she's like standing there stomping her feet. And then she goes, throw your arms down at your sides like this. And then she goes, scream out loud. And I was like, she's literally describing a child's meltdown and tantrum. And she's as recommending it as a way to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. And I love that she, like, she, she wasn't even like clearly saying, hey, this is what kids do and that we punish them for, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's such a good um, sign that you huffing and puffing is your body saying, air, it's going to help me. <clears throat> a kid stomping is saying impact on the ground it's gonna help me i need this like literally everything our kids do their bodies it seems manipulative it seems intentional it seems crazy well, it's, it's trying to bring well, their bodies back to balance i love that idea and that, like you're moving this conversation forward kelty and saying stress behavior isn't just some shitty byproduct of too many demands on a child <laughs> or an adult but it's actually an adaptive response yeah. to actually bring regulation back to their body that's why screaming feels good that's yeah. why for us that's why yelling feels good or you know, crying. Oh my God, I feel so much better after that cry. Or I just went like crazy on that punching bag. I feel so much better. That's why we take showers, work out at the gym, go for a run, have sex, get hugged. All those things help our bodies return to their balance, right? So all of our our nervous systems, all of our kids' behaviors that they're doing in dysregulation to regulate 
right? We can look at and say, okay, I'm noticing this. This has gone too far where they're having to take matters into their own hands. Just work on accepting what we're seeing. And it may feel a little scary to them (laughs) and to us. So then how can we work that timeline back or work the timeline ahead to say, how can we plan for next time? What Mm -hmm. kind of things can I do to support you so that your nervous system gets what it needs Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to happen in the restaurant? It doesn't have to happen at this time that's a little trickier for us all to manage. Let's talk about that. So repair language. So we did love language, we did stress language, and now we're talking repair language with our kids, with our partners, with ourselves. And I love that uh, this is not something that I see in mainstream culture. I definitely see love language. I definitely see stress language, but repair language, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that culturally we've been conditioned to think repair is a grill back. So I have to go and eat shit and apologize. I have to go and grovel. I have to go and say, I was wrong. I was bad. Or our parent comes to the, to bring us into this girl back and says, you were wrong. earlier. You were bad. That was bad. <laughs> I need you to make another choice. Or here's the impact of that that felt terrible to everyone. What are you going to do next time? It's basically interpreting stress behavior and a lack of developmental skill mm-hmm. as something bad that needs to change. Again, yeah. it's, it's bringing in control rather than bringing in connection. And I think that it, what's really sad about it to me in general is that it takes this beautiful concept of repair and it just pours a whole ton of shame on it. Yeah. Right? It says, you are less worthy. You belong less. You're less in my eyes. I love you less when you do these things. That you couldn't help doing. That you couldn't help doing. Yeah. Even even (laughs) so well-meaning, we all do that. We want to say, just make a better choice. Just don't be like that. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, like we did the the circle up beforehand when we can, like we do the circle in in the moment when we can, if we can, get in there with a little connection, we can do a circle back instead of a grill back. After something After terrible something happens, terrible happens yeah. or it goes down or people are struggling, that's a word we use often instead of you seem stressed or I wonder if we're all a little stressed in here, we could say, I think we're struggling. struggling. Right? Struggling is such a great this word. Tricky. This has been a tricky moment yeah. or tricky transition or whatever it is. So how can we be engaging our kids in that circle back in a neutral, loving, mm-hmm. come back to talk about this? How can we make this safe? over and over. All the things that we tend to want to do in the moment with our kids where we're trying to understand what the hell's going on with them. I just want to teach them that's not okay. Right. Whatever whatever it is. is, We get to save to later when they're receptive, when we're more, we're calm, you Mm -hmm. know, in a good moment. And then we have the time to explore. We have the time to be compassionate to both of us, Mm -hmm. to get a little curious about what were you needing? What was going on in your Mm -hmm. body? What was I needing? And that's why Mm -hmm. I responded this way. Mm -hmm. And then we can get creative and say, what can we do when Mm -hmm. your body's needing these things how Mm -hmm. can we get those needs met right but bringing it back to the kind of repair language thing a lot of our kids or partners maybe have been used to the grill back or maybe are very sensitive about bringing up something that they struggled with earlier Mm -hmm. so we have to be looking that in that same way for our kids repair language how do they like to kind of circle back on stuff Mm -hmm. is it with just a little touch and a squeeze sorry about earlier and that's it Mm-hmm. Is it with a storytelling <clears throat> saying, oh my gosh, you know, I was thinking about earlier that was tricky. It's okay. I'm not going to bring it up, but it just reminds me of this story that happened mm-hmm. and we can kind of tell a little parable, not about how they should be making a different choice <clears throat> next time, but <laughs> normalizing struggle, normalizing re- connection, normalizing humanity, people <clears throat> doing wild stuff, right? What if our kids are so sensitive, they can only do a circle back conversation in the car mm-hmm. where everyone's facing forward and it's neutral. What if they can only take it maybe if you're telling it to your partner, oh my gosh, transitions earlier, honey, were really hard, right? Right? Anyway, and you're telling it and they're listening, but it's not so much pressure on them. Mm-hmm. What if their repair language is symbolic play and you get two toys instead of saying so earlier and they're like, ah, earlier, 
you can just be like, this little Lego is doing this, and this one did this, and then they're like, bam, 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 whatever it is, to say, I'm kind of replaying and exploring and trying out this thing. What if a kid's circle, lang circle back language, which is great for kids, especially who can read and write, are those like earlier, um, or like early readers, tweens even, write a little note, draw a funny little comic strip, slip it under their door. Sorry, I was a, a crazy tyrant. I'm, I, I ate all the cookies. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Or I'm really sorry that I lost it um, or, at the park. Or it seemed like yeah. you were struggling. When you're ready to talk about it, I'm here. here. I love you so much. Right. I mean, so much about the circle back, we're like, God, this sounds so permissive. This sounds so like just talking about how much we love our kids. And the whole idea behind it is based in science. And the science is that we only learn when we feel safe. So if we don't feel safe or our kids don't feel safe, our awareness is not gonna grow, mm -hmm. our skills in communication and all those things are not gonna be built. And we're actually gonna become <clears throat> conflict avoidant and needs, um, you know. Ignorant. Ignorant, <laughs> basically. So the whole idea of showing love to our kids after these tricky moments is not permissive, it's productive. It's incredibly effective to show love yeah. and build connection around something hard that happened, around a conflict that happened, mm -hmm. because that is the way that they will learn, mm -hmm. right? And show up differently over time. Some people wrote some great things in when we asked, what is your kid's repair language? How do they like to repair? Mm -hmm. Because our, like we said earlier, conventionally, our culture says, talk, 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 I'm talk, talk, sorry, talk. I was wrong. Just say it, just explore it verbally. And there's so many other ways to repair, right? Mm -hmm. Someone said hugs, someone said spending time. So just come back together and spend time. That can be an apology. That can be mm. repair. That could be it's going to be mm. okay. It could even be prepare next time. Like mm -hmm. instead of repair now, it could be show love and prepare and next time. Someone said convo, apology, and play. Someone said play with me. They know their kid is trying to circle back with them when they say play with me. It means I'm sorry or it means I forgive you. Mm -hmm. I love that. Crying about how it all went down. Mm -hmm. That's a great way oh, to repair. Yeah. Oh yeah. Being heard and processing with us. I love that. Holding space for our kids to share what their experience was of a situation. That's part, a huge part of the circle back. Someone said moving on. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes repairing is just <clears throat> saying I'm ready for the next thing. Right. Levity about anything. Mm -hmm. That's such a sweet thing. And I've noticed that with my daughter after a really hard moment with her where she <clears throat> really wigs out and is struggling and her stress behaviors just go through the roof. She's saying she's sorry. She, or she's saying, I repair. She's saying, I love you. Let's move on. When she makes light of something well, or, or strikes a jovial tone. or I, I think that you're alluding, and so many of these are alluding to the trust that we can have that kids learn by just doing. They mm -hmm. learned enough by losing their shit in front of us to maybe show up differently next time. Mm -hmm. They learned enough by saying something terrible to their sibling that to, to change it up next time. We but don't they have don't to actually hash it all out. A lesson and mm -hmm. to talk directly. I think earlier when kids are younger, they definitely need those things. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember that kids are so prone to shame. Mm -hmm. They're so prone to self-blame. Mm -hmm. They're so prone to saying this situation happened and I'm so egotistically programmed as a child right? Because I have to for survival, but I'm going to take whatever happens and make it on me. Mm -hmm. And that may make them more resistant to, 
to anything and say, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, because they're actually feeling so much shame in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think so much about this is saying, how can our repair with our kids be them led? So we Mm -hmm. notice what works for them when they're receptive and when they're like, la la la, da da da. Oh my God, mom, ugh. Like those sign, I don't care, whatever. So we notice and Mm -hmm. we can experiment with repair languages and repair attempts with them to say Mm -hmm. what feels like, it's not about just my attempt and what's gonna work for me, it's Mm -hmm. also how it's gonna be experienced and received by my child. And so much about what we talked about in our collective. So you're talking about (laughs) circling back about something and then you're talking about circling back again about that repair. (laughs) You're saying you repair in a circle back and then later you're like, how was that circle back? Was it it okay? Was it too much? We're getting a little meta here, but I think (laughs) if we even just ask ourselves, how did that go? Mm -hmm. Then we can find a way a different way the next time and say that was way too direct for my child that stressed them out or brought mm-hmm. up feelings of shame or they were or in defensiveness. Flow, mom get out of here or I'm wasn't something just else wasn't the right time and they were like what are you talking about Ugh, right mm-hmm. so so much about it is the time the way the mm-hmm. all the things that we get to fine-tune we get to practice over and over again there's no right mm-hmm. or wrong way we're just constantly in relationship evolving with our child mm-hmm. and again depending on the age of our child depending on how much grilling back we've done with them before we started the circle back depending on the temperament of our child and how sensitive they are. We likened it in our group coaching call in the collective to walking into revisit a conflict as though we're walking into a very shallow body of water. Like wading. And wading in and how some kids, based on their temperament or based on their age or whatever it is, or the timing is right, they're able to jump into the deep end with us and be like, let's hash all this out. I was Mm -hmm. mad at you and you were there. I cannot believe you said this and I needed this and this was wrong because of this. Right, we can can do that with some kids at certain times. Mm -hmm. And other kids, if they're a little bit more sensitive, if they've experienced, they're more shame prone. If they really like took it to a certain level that they feel really bad about. Right, or if we used to shame or punish about Mm -hmm. things they did or didn't do, then they may need to literally just put their toes in the water. And our response in those moments as a repair would really have to be so subtle, like the hand on the shoulder or the like, that was so hard earlier. And I just want to say, I love you. I'm always here to talk. Mm -hmm. I struggle to get even that many words out to my son Mm -hmm. after I've like pissed him off and he's stormed off, like screaming, slamming doors, trashing my closet on his way out or whatever it is when he does come back up, which is what he wants. If I go follow him, he doesn't want to talk. He's closed his door. He's locked behind. He's not ready. When he does come back up and I I say right away, I'm so sorry about, and he goes, that's fine. That's fine. But I try to get into, just say that I said that. And I'm really sorry. And I try to just get it in and him saying, it's fine. Whatever says, I don't want to talk about it, but he heard, he's acknowledging that he heard me make an attempt to repair. The attempt was repair enough. It it was enough. Yeah. And then the rest you can do, after a repair right in the circle back mm-hmm. and go back to the beginning in the circle up at the preparation stage this is all one big circle we have with our yeah. kids this is what we talk about in our collective which you can check out on our website it's our membership community that has uh, people from all over the world talking about this circle of conflict that they go through with their mm-hmm. kids over and over and mm-hmm. over which can feel mundane and stressful and chronic and terrible but it can also be regenerative and evolutionary and revolutionary if we can work on certain skills at certain moments so that we can be changing the circle as it goes through Mm -hmm. so it's not just the same thing every time that's the definition of insanity right yeah the same thing happening and expecting different results is that it yeah Yeah. but i love that i'm so grateful that we could be here i've got got a nice sunset going on 
and I'm glad we sat outside. It feels so good, but felt really good. <clears throat> I love that we kind of alluded. We didn't get too far into when talking about love languages, stress languages, repair languages. Yes, we talked overall about our kids' stress languages and ours connecting so much to the underlying needs, to our bodies and balances, to our nervous system needs, all of those things. And so much about it being, like you said too, Hannah, connected to our Calm Bodies Guide, which you can get discounted right now in our shop, that really helps preempt so many of these big stress things. Like, it's okay if we can be looking at these stre stressful moments of explosion between us and our kids or quote-unquote misbehavior, any of these things, with that lens of they're just stressed, they're doing the best they can, we're all struggling, we're gonna get through this. That's a great perspective to have. Yeah. But if we can start a little earlier and start front-ending, start noticing patterns, start thinking and bringing up this topic of conversation in our homes, familiarizing this phrase, yeah. what's your body needing? Okay. What's my body needing? What are our bodies needing right now? That can be like a very like familiar, amazing phrase to take with <clears throat> us through the young years, into the teens and beyond. Well, and the question, what's my body needing? transcends all languages. What's my body needing to feel loved? What's my body needing when it's stressed? And what's my body needing to reconnect and repair after something hard has, that's the, the kind of through line, the thread that goes through all of these different communications is the body's needs. We're back to the, the fact that we're all just a massive chunk of blob Bundle of, of nerves. nerves. <laughs> a chunk of nerves. A chunk of nerves, everyone. Yep. But yeah. That's what we are. It's really just that simple. Right. Yeah. Mm. This was nice. This was fun. What if he says his body is needing screen time after the limit has been set? Mm. Then we go to the need beneath the screen time. There's always a need beneath a need. So you can go there with him. You can right? go to a nonviolent communication, type in nonviolent communication needs list in Google. Yeah. Oh my God. We had no idea there were so many needs here at play. Right. So maybe his need of screen time is really fulfilling a deeper need of relaxation. So what other ways can he get that need met? Maybe it's fulfilling a need of being entertained. Maybe it's fulfilling a need of being alone. What if it's a need of completion? Often I have that where I'm like, I don't want to be doing these dishes, but I need to fucking finish something in my life right now. <laughs> you know? Couldn't it just be a show? Wouldn't that be easier? Or a show, yeah. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But there's always a deeper need. Mm -hmm. always so a I think we can need. be exploring those with and our kids, even if we hold that limit. And even if we don't end up finding out what the deeper need is, mm -hmm. all of these conversations, the love language conversation, the, the um, stress language conversation, the, the repair conversation, we don't always get answers. That's not what we're going for here. Let's break mm -hmm. out of those that, that schoolish institutional thing of being like, I have to find the exact answer Must and get this out. right. Mm -hmm. We don't have to get any of these things right. All we need to do is make a continued effort to connect with our child mm -hmm. over and over and over, before, mm -hmm. during, after, when we can, before, during, after. And that's what we can do too with love languages, stress languages, repair languages. We can muse, we can wonder, mm -hmm. we can be neutral about it. Right when our kids are, are all over us, we can say, I'm wondering if you're needing some connection. I'm wondering if you're needing a little of me time. Is that right? Right. And then when they're, they're bouncing off the walls or destroying things, we could say, I wonder if you're feeling a little stressed. I wonder what you're needing. You're needing mm -hmm. to bounce. You're needing to purge. You're needing to scream. Right. And then with repair, well, I wonder if you're needing us. a little space. <laughs> it sounds like you're needing a little space. What's going on? Right. And then all those projections and curiosities we can offer our child, right? To build their awareness and show them that everything they do and need is okay. It's all okay. Right? Is that we can also be modeling that ourselves and we can say, oh, my body is needing personal space. I love you and I need a little mm -hmm. body space here. 
I think I'm needing a little bit more quiet. I think I'm needing some, um, you know, I wonder if my body needs some fresh air Um, and just needs to move because I'm feeling just kind of stagnant, like heavy and I'm starting to get frustrated. I think that's what I need. And that's in the moment. And then repair or later we can say, I'm so sorry. I yelled. My body was feeling very overwhelmed with sound and it Mm -hmm. literally went from this to 100 Mm -hmm. and my body, when it gets stressed out, it goes into fight mode and it yells, or I'm sorry. I ran away and closed the door and shut you out. Mm -hmm. When my body gets really stressed from a situation where you have needs, I have needs. So much is going on. Mm -hmm. My brain tells me to run away. And that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we're building all of this awareness Mm -hmm. of what, not just what our kids are experiencing during Mm -hmm. a moment or after a moment, or maybe Mm -hmm. what they'll be needing before a moment, if we Mm -hmm. continue the circle of before, during, after, Mm -hmm. but also what we are needing. So they can understand that we're not all the same. We don't all have the same, you know, love language, uh, stress language and repair language. That's the most beautiful concept and and sad because (laughs) I think we, we create families, we have kids and we think, this, it, there's this kind of like groupthink element to it that's like, it's just dark. It's really um, dark. <laughs> there's a groupthink element. Like we should all have the same needs. We should all be on the same page. We should all just get along. We should we all have be, to apologize the same we way. We should be in harmony and harmonize mm-hmm. together. And so much of our kids' resistance and big feelings and challenging behavior says, it's okay to differentiate. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be unique. It's okay for some of us to have more needs of this and some of us to have fewer and some of us to have more needs of this other thing and some to have fewer. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the juggle. That's mm-hmm. such a, a stress, an well, additional stressor is that everyone has different love, stress, repair languages and needs throughout the day for their body and, and soul. Yeah, I love that. And that's the diversity, equity, and inclusion we can be bringing into our families from the get-go that mm-hmm. we can be teaching our kids, right? Someone said, sometimes just making the effort is enough to calm his nerves. They are so sensitive to your intentions. Yes. The kids can sense our good intentions and they remember based on our, our attachment and our bond. Mm-hmm. So we can lean on that. We can rely on that, right? So much about all these things. We keep remember, you know, with love languages, repair languages, stress languages, we're like, we just have to talk to them to figure it out. So much again is saying, remember the power of just being in relationship and being body to body. But that can really help too. And being nuance to nuance, mm. experimenting, right? Some like some people's kids don't want to touch them. They don't want to hug them. They don't want to do anything with them physically. Mm-hmm. So how can we be creative? How can we be working around the edges and experimenting in relationship mm-hmm. with our kids? Whether we're fucking it up and repairing about it or nailing it or trying something and seeing how it goes, mm-hmm. right? We get the chance over and over again. In parenting, there's always tomorrow to try again Mm -hmm. or five minutes from now, right? That is the the blessing and the curse that is Mm -hmm. parenting. And that's the beauty of this, (laughs) what we're calling the conflict revolution, where we just keep revolving and evolving together through every conflict we have, that we're growing through them. They're not obstacles to Mm -hmm. our relationships and our connections. They're the way to them when we can show up a little calmer, with maybe a little more forethought, Mm -hmm. a little more support. That's why we're here. Yeah. Thanks for being here, everyone. Your kids are lucky to have you. Yeah. You can barely see us anymore. It's so dark and I'm freezing. Mm -hmm. So I think we should go in. Um, But this has been really fun. If you have any questions about 
the collective, which is our membership, you can check out our website at upbringing.co or you can DM us here on Instagram and ask us any questions about it. Mm -hmm. Um, We can fill you in. We love our collective group and so Mm -hmm. many of the conversations we've had there have been spurring and inspiring us to bring this to the Instagram and podcast Mm -hmm. community. So we would love to integrate you into that. Yeah, this is also stuff that we love talking about in one-on-one coaching sessions or one-on-two coaching sessions. If you or you and your partner are struggling with something, your family and just want to do a deep dive, just get into it a little and um, get over some of those hurdles. We're here. Yes. So you are not alone. Yeah. We'll see you all again soon. Uh, We'll save this on Instagram and probably the podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.